Welcome to episode 160 of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman. If the recording looks a little different or sounds a little different today, I am recording from my iPhone. Uh, no advertising dollars coming with that endorsement, but uh, I left my laptop at home, came in a little late today. Daughter started kindergarten, so an emotional day in the Brightman household, but wanted to talk about the Rutgers offense. So there is a real opportunity here for the offense to continue to develop. And I wanted to do it in the, to speak of in the context of the Big Ten, because let's be honest, after week one, the Big Ten looks relatively wide open in a lot of respects. Uh, if we're talking about the Big Ten East, I mean, Michigan State didn't look great, especially offensively. Uh, Indiana, you know, they held it up pretty well, respectively, against uh, Ohio State. So maybe that's a positive for them, uh, but we don't know too much about them yet. Maryland had a you know easy game, but haven't played anyone yet. I've been high on their skill, uh, their talent level at the skill positions. Obviously, their lines were always kind of an issue. Um, Rutgers didn't play them until the last game of the season, so health is going to be a big factor, with, which I've mentioned. We know Michigan, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. You know they're all top ten right now. They're all looking elite. Uh, people are all over New Jersey native Kyle McCord, the quarterback for Ohio State. I think it's going to be fine. Uh, I think Ohio State at the end of the day is loaded. So um, take those three out of the picture. Other than that, you know, uh, Iowa, I mean, we'll see how they do against Iowa State. But I've mentioned before the season, I thought that that was a potentially winnable game. Uh, even Wisconsin didn't look, you know, fantastic. It's week one. But I think my, my greater point, is that how will this team and how will other Big Ten teams take that step forward from week one to week two? That's the key. Uh, I posted on Greg Shanley's comments on Temple in regard to saying, you know, last season Temple should have beat them. Uh, it was a 16-14 game. Shaquan Loyal, obviously, with that uh, huge clutch interception pick six that changed the, the game. Rutgers held on for dear life. And... Obviously, the offense was a real mess in that game. That really kind of highlighted things. Gavin Winsett got hurt in that game. Uh, so can they show growth? Can they show growth in week two? It's a blackout game. It's a night game. I think the thing for me that I'm looking for is just can they build on week one and be consistent? I'm not looking for them to put up 61 points on Temple like they did two years ago. But can they, can they establish control? Can they dominate time of possession once again? Can Gavin Wimsat play mistake-free football? Can penalties remain at a minimum? Can this team build on those positive things? You know, we're not talking about even, you know, producing big plays in the past game yet. Uh, I think there's there's basic things that if Rutgers can do, gives them a chance to win in most games the rest of the season. Obviously, those three teams I mentioned, uh, I don't think that you know doing the basics is going to give you a chance to win you have to be special in those games I don't think Rutgers has that at least yet uh, possibly not at all but it's really focusing on the, the eight or nine winnable games on the schedule and doing the basics uh, correctly in terms of limiting mistakes time of possession ball control special teams all that stuff so can they build on that this this week against Temple Going into then Virginia Tech, who's going to play Purdue this week. Purdue had the home loss to Fresno State. Not a terrible loss. I know some people, are, the Purdue fan base is not happy. New coach, all that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what Virginia Tech and Purdue, what the outcome of that game is. But we've, we've harped on 
the potential for the four and one start. But now that we're in the nitty gritty, it's 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 you know, attention should yes, hopefully Rutgers can get to that four and one start. But how do they get there, right? And and really, it's I, I think we all have hopes that the defense is going to be as good as we think they're going to be. Uh, but the offense continuing to uh, do the things they did well against Northwestern is going to help the defense long term. Uh, it's funny that, you know, uh, Shanna wasn't complaining by any means, but saying that, you know, it was hard to assess the defense fully because they were on the field so little of the game. Um, that that would be a great problem to have. If the defense, if, if the ideal scenario is if Rutgers can go four and one, and the defense is playing, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game. Uh, you get into October with a fresh defense where it's unlikely against better competition that the offense is going to be able to dominate 35 to 40 minutes in terms of time, time possession. Uh, that would be an ideal scenario in terms of if, if you really wanted your druthers with the four and one start, what was the ideal scenario? It's the defense being super fresh and healthy. Uh, that would be uh, tremendous. Uh, one interesting thing was uh, I saw from Ryan uh, Nanny, a uh, longtime writer. I can't remember the exact uh, site. He's run for a few sites, but he was talking about how Rutgers really uh, utilized the play clock a lot on Saturday in terms of so many uh, high percentage of the plays, you know, getting the, that, that play clock under 10 seconds, under five seconds, just a normal, normal, you know, the first, first two drives. Obviously, the heat was a factor. But it's no secret. You know, I think the offense was a kind of compromise in terms of Shiana wanted ball control. Shiana wanted time of possession. They ran the clock down. But they did run more than expected. Excuse me, pass more than expected. Uh, that leads to my bigger question, which is, when is the running back room going to be full? That is going to dictate a lot as well. Sam Brown, you know, Shiana kind of teased that he he's close. I know he was on the field before the game warming up. Um, I don't know. I don't, is, is that true? Is that kind of uh, just a uh, tease a little bit that, that may or may not come to fruition? It's hard to say. Uh, you know, Aaron Young is a guy I think is, is really key in all this just because of his potential impact out of the backfield in the past game uh, and was really hoping that he would have a great start to this season. He's had health issues throughout his career, unfortunately. Uh, and then Al-Shadi Salam's a home run hitter, big, big play guy. Obviously encouraged with Jean Benjamin, uh, Kyle Manunga is just a workhorse. So it would be, I, I would love to see what the Rutgers offense potentially can look like if Shiraka has all five running backs in his stable, because I, I honestly think he's going to use all five. Um, maybe, maybe Benjamin's the odd man out, uh, but it's a good problem to have. I think that they have five capable, intriguing, different types of backs uh, that they're going to need. They're going to need in October. And honestly, they need now. They need now to build that rapport, to build that consistency, to build uh, that effectiveness that the offense is going to need. Because you need that run game. 2.8 yards per carry. You know, I, I, again, we've t talked about the offense had a lot of positives on Saturday, but I think people are kind of dismissing that. Uh, the pass protection was really good from the offensive line. The run blocking was not great. Uh, I thought Manungai and Benjamin each had some, some real really big runs uh, where they made, you know, gains out of nothing. And as the competition gets better, as the competition gets stronger, bigger, deeper, all that, you know, they, they need, they, they need lanes to run. And I also think you need your full, full complement of running backs 
because Sam Brown's the kind of guy that can make things out of nothing against Ohio State. We saw that last year. Um, you know, Aaron Young can take short passes and make big plays out of it. So let's see what happens there. I think that's a huge question mark for this offense. Uh, obviously, the wide receivers, um, you know, Jaquay Jackson played very little. I think that hit was part of why he was in run blocking later in the game. So we still don't know fully what we have with him. Nassim Brantley, obviously, Shiano continues to harp on the eligibility issue. Doesn't sound great at all in terms of being optimistic of his return, but it does sound like it's possible. Uh, Chris Long, you know, had a, I thought um, I did a video on Wimsett and his top five plays. There was one uh, uh, pretty good pass to Chris Long that didn't make the cut, but I thought was, you know, it was the one he went low and caught it. He did get a little dinged up from it with his leg. He came back later, but, um, you know, hoping for more from him. So I'd like to see what, what are we going to see from Jackson and Long against Temple that will bode well for the offense long term. That's something to look at. Uh, as well as the running backs, obviously the run protection uh, from the offensive line. Are we going to see a tighter rotation? Big surprise we didn't really talk about yet was uh, Gus Salinkas starting at center over Ireland Brown. Shiano made it clear on Tuesday that it was uh, purely based off of um, performance in, in practice and training camp. Brown did run with the ones all training camp. So it was a kind of a, I'd say the biggest roster surprise there was in terms of who got um, the most snaps for the entire roster on set on Sunday, but um, that's something to watch for. Uh, but it was, it was a very hot day and they rotated a lot of guys. So are they going to tighten up the rotation on Saturday night? Uh, are we going to see more of what the rotation is going to be long-term? Uh, still a ton of question marks on offense. I know people are encouraged. I'm encouraged. Uh, I, I'm excited to see, can Gavin Wimsett put it together two games in a row in terms of the growth that he showed in game one? Can he continue to play mistake-free football? Can he make better? The other thing, some of mistake-free football and all that is is his decision-making. His decision-making was better. Uh, is that is that kind of sunk in? Uh, is, you know, he going to press at times or when the competition gets better, is that decision-making going to get worse? Is Shiraka so in his head and, and uh, so uh, influenced in his growth and development now where that we're, we're past that and Wimsat's decision-making is going to continue to just, you know, get better. Uh, that's going to be a key question mark. I think in terms of his overall development, I love the way he ran the football. I love the way uh, they called it. Obviously, you know, they were uh, aggressive with him in the past game and then kind of shut it down after that. So I'm hoping for a similar approach against Temple. You, you Rutgers is the type of team that needs to get out, establish a lead, and then rely on defense and special teams in the run game to win it. And I think that's the plan. So how aggressive will they be in the early going against Temple is a big question. Um, you know, I, I think that Shiano's comments saying that, you know, Temple should have won the game. Last, I, that's bulletin board material for his own team. Uh, he's trying to fire up his own team. And I think the defense uh, flying around the way they were, you're going to see that on Saturday night. It really is going to come down to can the offense take another step in week two? Can they establish control at the line of scrimmage? Can they run the football more effectively? Can Gavin Wimsett continue to make good decisions and good reads and complete multiple passes together? You know, he had he finished the game six of eight, uh, which was encouraging. You know, his accuracy uh, was better, not not fantastic. He did throw a few away, so that kind of hurts his nut overall numbers. Um, but 
I think I think it's really important that we see a step forward again this week. I think that would be um, something to really sink into. Um, you know, even if they they don't play as well, but it's still the trace that we spoke about. You know, no turnovers, no a uh, few penalties, uh, ball control, time of possession. That that would be important. You know, and uh, so we'll see, we'll see. But the Virginia Tech game is looming. You got to get through Temple. You got to win this game. But it's not just about winning. It is just about winning, but at the same time, you know, if the offense can take another step in terms of their growth or or limit any regression, right? I mean, they, they may have a turnover, but you can't have a three-turnover performance. I mean, if, listen, you got to win no matter what, right? But a three-turnover performance and a win, we would still be very concerned, right? So it's better to be concerned after a win than a loss, of course. I'm not saying otherwise, but in terms of where we hope this offense can be in November. We need to see more steps on week two against Temple. And hopefully we do. Hopefully we do. I think there's still, a, you know, and, and uh, also I didn't mention tight end. I felt Langan, you know, was a nice safety valve for uh, Wimsett in the passing game. You know, is Sean Bowman going to get involved? I think that was, a, that was probably the, the biggest surprise for me uh, in terms of the offense. I really thought he'd be more involved in the pass game. Uh, but, you know, We'll see what happens. I, I, Shiano did remark that they didn't show uh, everything in the win over Northwestern. So I think they're obviously saving some things for Virginia Tech. And uh, that'll be something to watch for. And that's why, you know, it's going to be, I think, the base offense against Temple. I'm hoping that, you know, physically they can wear them down. And uh, with uh, good decision making and limiting mistakes, they should be able to. I think that's a fair uh, request and a fair expectation of the coaching staff with this team. So we'll see what happens. Um, in terms of uh, last note, you know, the TV ratings, I, it, it's just, it makes me laugh when Rockers fans celebrate TV ratings. We don't need to justify anything. Uh, I, just a, a note for the Star Ledger, you know, they put out a headline saying that uh, Rutgers top powerhouses in the TV ratings, that made me laugh. Uh, I mean, I go, I know Notre Dame is a national brand, but you know, uh, powerhouse in college football, they're not anymore. The long time coming, uh, Tennessee. But again, it's a time slot, right? I mean, yes. Let's just be, let's call it what it is. I mean, noon on Sunday, there was no other games on. So let's just, you know, put the champagne away. Be happy we're in the Big Ten, and just, just celebrate that football is back. Uh, I, I thought it was a better crowd on Sunday than I expected. I hope it's a really good blackout crowd on Saturday. Support this team uh, any way you can, whether that's being there, whether it's watching the games, social media. Uh, let's just let, let's just get behind this team now because there's a chance. As I wind the circle around the circle back to the beginning, the Big Ten looks not fantastic in the middle teams after those top three, you know, and too bad they don't play, uh, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota didn't look great in that game. Obviously they pulled it out. Uh, Illinois didn't look great in their first game, passing game for them coming up. So we'll see uh, against Kansas, uh, Nebraska's playing Colorado, some really intriguing games for the big 10 this week, which we'll learn more. Uh, but Rutgers just got to take care of business and uh, hopefully they do against Temple. I think they will. Of plenty more preview coverage coming up, uh, and uh, and look out for something coming up. Uh, Fifteen former Rutgers players have made NFL rosters. Nine active, six practice squad, uh, including four four rookies, uh, two 
Christian Braswell, Christian Izzian both making their active rosters. Izzian's going to start for the Bucks after not getting drafted. Tremendous story. I'll have that coming out later today, being uh, Wednesday, September 6th. Thank you for listening and watching once again here at the Scarlet Faithful.